Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all? Welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, we're getting so close to the offseason and everything that will come in the month before the Australian Open and the Australian Swing on hard courts down under, but yet it seems like we're still so far away from the, the ATP Finals and the Paris Masters 1000 event that is at the end of October. And we're slowly getting there. Like I said in the last podcast, really the last two podcasts, it's a slow time for tennis. And there's a lot of 250s and there's a lot of 500s, Um, mostly 250s, which don't have the greatest fields because there's so many of them. Some people are playing at the end of the year, some aren't and everything. And I've discussed this in prior podcasts about what this time of year is kind of like. But right now in the last week, there were a couple big ATP 500s, and that was one that was in Tokyo, Japan, and the other one was in Kazakhstan. Let's go to Japan first. Uh, Japan had a very good American showing, and I was happy to see that being, you know, an American and a fan of American tennis. And I would assume that most of my listeners are American anyway, so they would be a fan of that as well. A lot of good players, a lot of good Americans in this tournament. You got Tiafo, you have uh, Taylor Fritz, you have Nakashima, who's played really well as of late. But when you look at the other players, the other big name players that were in this tournament in Japan, Casper Ruud was a top seed. He went down in the first round to Munar, and that was kind of an upset. Uh, not kind of an upset, definitely was an upset, and a little shocking to me. Uh, I expected a little bit more out of him. I wonder how much um, you know, fatigue and everything is taking a toll on him because he went to the final in the French and because he went to the final that was in New York City for the U.S. Open. And I don't want to say, and maybe he's tanking, but, you know, maybe he's waiting a little bit until the ATP finals when things actually matter a little bit more. He doesn't necessarily need a ton of points. He was number two in the world at one point and, uh, after the U.S. Open, and he can kind of just wait out until the ATP finals because, really... I mean, he's got to be happy to be top five in general. So not a big I, – I don't re, – what I'm trying to say is I don't read too much into this. Um, uh, another or another first-round upset was uh, Quan beat uh, Alex de Manure. That was a big upset. But then not upsets was Francis Tiafo making it to the final. Tiafo continues to play great tennis, continues to be a threat on tour. He was the four seed, and he cruised to the final uh, and really – backed up his big U.S. Open and backed up him playing really good tennis as of late. And it was good to see that he made it to the final here in in Japan. Uh, Daniel Evans plays a all-right tournament. He's the eighth seed. Kyrgios plays a pretty good tournament until he runs into Taylor Fritz. But Kyrgios made it into the quarterfinals here in Tokyo. And with that, Kyrgios uh, is playing his third. This was his 13th tournament of the season, and he's reached the quarterfinals in at least nine of them. I mean, what a 2022 for Nick Kyrgios. I think when Nick Kyrgios's career is all said and done, this is going to be this year is going to be the turning point of his career. He played really well. He made it to you know the final at Wimbledon, and he continued to play well into the U.S. Open and throughout the rest of the year. So I'm excited to see him moving forward. I really, really, really hope for the sake of the sport, and I'm a fan of Nick Kyrgios, that he can carry this over 
into 2023, and there's not too many distractions or anything else off the court. Taylor Fritz, a fantastic tournament. I'll get to him here in a second. He beat Kyrgios, but I'll get to him here in a second. Great to see Denis Shapovalov play good tennis. The seven seed finally getting some quality, quality wins in this tournament. Uh, he beats Stevie Johnson, which isn't a great win, but it's a win nevertheless. And when it comes to Shapo, God, a win's a win, it seems like, as of this year, for sure. He So many ups and downs of his season. Nakashima loses to Borna Chorich, who is the... You know, takes over the two seed spot, but he is the nine seed in this tournament. And Shapo beats Borna Chorich six four six three. Got to be a big confidence booster for Shapo moving forward, beating Chorich six four six three and making it into the semis of this tournament in Japan. I would love to see Shapo play well. I don't put too much uh, reliance on him playing fantastic tennis just because the way he's played this year, um, but he's ending another year strong, and that seems to be what Shapo does. So Shapo runs into Taylor Fritz, though, however, in the semifinals, and Fritz beats him there. It's an All-American final, and this is kind of what I've been waiting for for a long time, is these Americans to really hit their stride and you know get into a rhythm of playing really, really, really good tennis. And this is what Tiafo and Fritz did. Fritz wins actually in two tiebreakers. Uh, he wins three in the first tiebreaker and two in the second tiebreaker. So he wins this tournament. A great win for Taylor Fritz. With that, he moves up in the rankings, and those are rankings that I'm going to get to here in a sec. But Francis Tiafo making it to the final and actually making a really good push against Fritz and not folding, I thought was you know, very convincing for him moving forward. It's got to be good for his confidence. That is Fritz's fourth title overall. He won one in 2019, and then he's won three this year. He won Indian Wells this year. He won Eastbourne, and now he has won Tokyo. So Taylor Fritz having a really good year other than, you know, the early exit from the U.S. Open, which was a real bummer, to be honest. But other than that, moving into the end of the year, he's moving up in the rankings, which I said I'll get to in a second, but he's playing really, really, really good tennis right now, and I hope this continues for the next month or so and really into 2023 because he is the face of American tennis right now. Let's move on. Let's go to Kazakhstan where Novak Djokovic is the top seed in this tournament. It's the Astana Open, and you would expect Novak Djokovic to do what Novak Djokovic does, and spoiler alert, he does that in this tournament. But before we get there, I'm going to start early on in this tournament. The number one seed, Carlos Alcaraz, loses to David Gaffin in the first round. Now, Gaffin, you know, a former great player on the tour, fell back a little bit, but is kind of getting back in his stride of playing good tennis. He beats Carlos Alcaraz in straight sets, which is a big win for him. Who knows what Carlos, Carlos Alcaraz is going through? I think I went through some of this last week. Uh, but the names that were in this tournament really outweigh whatever happened in Tokyo, the one I just talked about. Andre Rublev makes a run in this tournament. He makes it all the way to the semis. He, he faces Stefano Tsitsipas, but Tsitsipas has to beat Hubie Hercoc on the way there. Listen to these names I'm saying. These are top 10, top 15 names that I that I keep saying in this tournament. Uh, Karen Hachinov makes it all the way to the quarters where he faces the four seed, Novak Djokovic, which is a whole nother thing. Um, uh, but Hachinov actually beats Cressy and then Marin Cilic. So Hachinov playing really good tennis right now uh, from his showing at the U.S. Open and continuing that into the rest of the year, which is you know, good to see. I, I like when players that, you know, you know, don't make as many runs as, as 
other players uh, and kind of come out of nowhere. And Hachinov has kind of been on the cusp of being really good as of the last few years, and it seems like he's kind of finding his stride. Unfortunately, there's no other majors this year. He's got to wait a couple months until he makes another big run. But Hachinov makes it all the way to the quarterfinals in this tournament. And then there's uh, guys like Roberto Batista Gut who gets past Felix Ogiali Asim, but then runs into Daniil Medvedev. And Medvedev and Djokovic actually meet in the semis of this. L- listen to the semis here. Medvedev, Djokovic, Andre Rublev, Stefano Tsitsipas. Great set of semi semifinals, if you ask me. And that just tells you the power of this tournament in Kazakhstan. On the top side, Stefano Tsitsipas gets a massive win over Andre Rublev in three sets. Four 4-6-6-4-6-3, and he faces Novak Djokovic in the final because Djokovic beats Medvedev. This is this was weird. Um, Medvedev retired after this match. So Medvedev wins the first match and then or wins the first set in this match, sorry. And then in the second, loses in a really close tiebreaker and then just calls it quits. You gotta find the go find the video on Twitter or on the internet or somewhere. But he just like backs out. He's like, ah, uh, I'm done. Like, uh, I'm, I I don't know exactly the excuse he gave or what happened, but I thought I read somewhere where something about he was tired and couldn't go on any longer and something happened. Don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I read somewhere, but it was, it was weird. Like everyone was tweeting about it. Like what, wait, what did I just watch? And it was Djokovic winning the second set being jacked about it. And even Djokovic was like putting his arms out, like. What the hell just happened? Uh, no one really knew. But Djokovic, with that walkover, gets into the final and will play Stefano Tsitsipas and cruises past Tsitsipas. Uh, Novak Djokovic is playing outrageous tennis right now. Uh, he's playing some of the best tennis that, uh, not, not that he's ever played, but this year for sure because he is just cruising right now. And does it have to do with the rest he's gotten this year? Probably. But uh, – this is the unfortunate rankings, uh, or the unfortunate part about not giving rankings at Wimbledon. I just said Novak Djokovic is the four seed in this tournament. He is a lower seed now moving on uh, because he didn't get any of those points from Wimbledon, and then he hasn't got any points thereafter. So right now he's number 10 in the world. That helps nobody in these tournaments that Djokovic is low because then he has to take out all these guys in the middle. So that sucks, honestly, for so many players. And I'm going to get to the rankings here in a little bit. I keep teasing it. I keep teasing it. I'm getting to it. I'll get to it here in a sec when I get to the uh, the storylines at the end of this episode. But Novak Djokovic wins it tournament uh, in Kazakhstan. And with that, he is the highest winning percentage in the history of the sport. And I saw this on Twitter as well. Uh, his winning percentage right now is 83.293. Uh, he's 1,022 and 205. So the second highest winning percentage is Rafael Nadal, who is a 1,066 and 214. So they're all pretty close there at the top. Bjorn Borg's the next one, then Roger Federer, Jimmy Connors, McEnroe, uh, Yvonne Lindel. So they're all kind of right there, um, especially when it gets down to Jimmy Connors. But an 83, an 83 percentile winning percentage is remarkable. Honestly, it is insane. But that's Novak Djokovic for you, and he does Novak Djokovic things. He wins Kazakhstan. Moving forward, the tournaments that are happening like right now or this week and that I'm going to talk about next week is the one in Giron, Spain, and then the one in Florence, Italy. Those are happening as we speak. Those started on the 10th of the month. They'll go through the 16th, and then the European Open in Belgium, and then the Stockholm Open in Sweden will happen the week after that. And then we're slowly getting closer 
to the uh, Rolex Paris Masters. We'll get there, I promise. We'll get there. We'll get there, I promise. But the ATP 250s, those rolled out and those happened. So those are the winners. Uh, in Kazakhstan, it was Novak Djokovic. And in Tokyo, Japan, it was Taylor Fritz. Moving on, a little bit to the news part of tennis. Uh, right now, Holger Rune just got uh, a new coach in Patrick Martaglau. If you know who Patrick Martaglau is, he is uh, the coach of, or the former coach of Serena Williams. Uh, he's coached Stefano Tsitsipas in the past. Uh, he's coached a ton, a ton of players. I believe he's even been Coco Goff. Uh, he's, he's coached a ton of players. So look for this. I would think to be a good thing for Holger Rune as a young player, but uh, you never know how these things are going to work out. But I like Holger Rune, so I'd like for this to really work out for him. In other news, I meant to talk about this last week and didn't. Rajiv Ram, the American, is at the top of the doubles rankings. He is the new no- new world number one uh, as of the doubles tour and in doubles. And he has been around for so long, and he's such a staple of American doubles. You look at some of the great American doubles players. Uh, you know, the Bryan brothers, obviously. Uh, I'm going to mention Eric Buderak in there. And then Rajiv Ram is in there as well. And for him to climb to the top at the age he's at, at the age of 38, I believe Rajiv Ram is. Incredible. And he's he's been so fun to watch. He wins the U.S. Open this, this year with uh, Salisbury. And he is a great ambassador for the game. Really just a good guy. When you see him around the grounds of anywhere, he's always smiling. He's always like having a good time. And so uh, it's it's awesome to see Rajiv Ram have the success that he is. Yeah, 38. He he's up there in age, but he's still he's still clicking. And so it's awesome to see, and really awesome to see for American tennis. I feel like right now is a crucial time in American tennis, where you know some guys are and some women. For I mean, the women have been there for so long, so it's even hard to put them in the same category because they have had so many good women's tennis players over the last you know two, three decades where the men have, you know, we've been kind of waiting for, you know, we have our Andy Roddick and James Blake, and then, you know, there's kind of a lull a little bit where Sam Query and John Isner jump in there, but we need, you know, some, some real guys to win some, win some grand slams, but it's been so hard. I understand with the big three, big four, but on the women's side, Serena Williams, Sloan Stevens, those, those women have been phenomenal, but for Rajiv Ram to win back-to-back U.S. Opens and then at 38 years old, be ranked number one in the world on the double side, Nothing but awesome for American tennis. Keep moving on in this one. Um, I'm sorry. There's something I'm, I was going to get to this week. I don't have time. I'm going to get to it next week. It's it's kind of this uh, new tournament thing that's happening in December. We have time. It's not till December, but I do want to talk about it. I am going to talk about it next week, okay? Okay, hold me to it. I'm going to talk about it next week. We're going to talk about some 250s. We're going to get to this. I promise. Uh Dominic Team back on the court last week said this is probably the best he's ever felt on court since his comeback. Great to hear. I'm I'm really pushing for a good Roland Garros next year for Dominic Team. Give him the whole first few months of the year to really click in to playing back on tour legitimately and in the big tournaments. Uh, once he gets, you know, a Miami and an Indian Wells and then an Australian Open and everything like that under his belt. But I would love, I would love to see Dominic Team get back to the place where I know he can be because, you know, once a U.S. Open champion, I know he can get back to the finals of a lot of these tournaments. Now I'm going to get to the ranking and the race to Turin. Um, the number one right now is Carlos Alcaraz. Still, he's he's sitting up there pretty heavy. And then uh, Rafael Nadal is number two. Both Spaniards. Casper Ruud is number three. Stefano Tsitsipas is number four. All four of those, those players have already qualified for the race to turn and the ATP finals. Now number five, Daniil Medvedev. He's dropped considerably. 
uh, you know, not being able to play in the U.S. Open or in the in Wimbledon, sorry, and then you know, struggling at other points of the year. He's dropped from number one to number five. Andre Rublev, his fellow Russian, is number six. Number seven, Taylor Fritz. Awesome to see Taylor Fritz there in the ATP rankings at number seven. Uh, the highest American right now, the face of American tennis. And with the tennis he's playing right now, I'm excited to see what he does here moving forward towards the end of the season. Number eight is Felix Ogier-Aliassime. He is the eight, the Canadian. And number nine is Hubie Hercotch. And number 10 is Novak Djokovic. So doesn't do anybody any good for Djokovic to be at 10, but uh, that's the lay of the land when you barely play in any tournament. So interesting to see how that changes maybe or not uh, in, in the early parts of 2021. But he's also qualified already for the uh, ATP finals. So that is going to be fun to watch. Those are five right now that are that are uh, into the ATP finals. And I'm going to get to that uh, towards the end of this month when it gets a little bit closer to the ATP finals and the Davis Cup's coming up and everything. But uh, that's the rankings right now. Once again, the big one to highlight, Taylor Fritz into the top 10 for the first time within the last couple of weeks. Says it's a dream of his. He's always thought about it. Uh, Wins Tokyo, moves up to number seven in the ATP rankings. That's going to do it for this episode. I'm going to call it quits right there. Like I said, next week, I'm going to talk about that. I got to do some more research and really know what I'm talking about before I can get to you. I know these Wednesday drop episodes aren't fantastic. I'm going to try to get back into my regular routine, but uh, it's football season. State tournaments are coming up. Uh, I'm busy, busy, busy with uh, everything else that's going on in my actual job, in my actual work life as a sports reporter. But I'm going to try to get back to Mondays, uh, Sunday, Mondays, Tuesdays, somewhere in there to get these podcasts out. But I appreciate you sticking with me. I appreciate you listening today, as always. And uh, there's still some good tennis, even though it's just 250s. Uh, there's still a lot of good Americans out there. There's still a lot of good players playing in these tournaments. Oh, I almost forgot. Uh, Rafael Nadal welcomed his... Uh, baby boy into the world i did see that on social media so congrats rafa your dad now your father um i'm sure you're still gonna win all these all these tournaments nothing's gonna change you're the best all right that's it for this episode thanks for listening i'll talk to you later peace thank you for listening to believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.